Welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hey, it's Anthony Whitaker here, and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. Now, before we get into today's episode, I do have a little favor to ask of you, and that is that you take the time to rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. By doing that, it not only helps other people to find us, but it also motivates me to keep producing great content for you, as well as it being a way of saying thank you to the guests that we bring to you each week who willingly give up their time to share their experiences and their wisdom with you, the listener. So all you need to do is go to Apple Podcasts, search Grow My Salon Business and scroll to the bottom of the page, select ratings and reviews and write us a review and we would be very appreciative. So with that said, let's get on with today's episode. Now, using social media effectively is arguably the number one way to grow your salon business. And so Being competent at this point in time, specifically with using Instagram, is a skill that you simply can't afford to ignore. Now, my guest on today's podcast is Vivian Johns. Vivian is a UK-based Instagram expert, and on her own admission, Vivian was late to embrace Instagram, but, well, she's certainly made up for lost time and has established herself as a very relatable educator in what is a very fast-moving space. So in today's podcast, we will discuss the ever-changing social media landscape, how people are consuming content today, and how to manage and set guidelines around the salon's social, and so much more. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Vivian Johns. Oh, Anthony, thank you so much for having me here. I told you before, I'm a fan and I've been listening for a long time. So this is a real honor. Thank you. Good. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. I've been sort of stalking you for a while as well. And uh, (laughs) it it was great when I reached out to you to hear that you were an avid listener to the podcast, etc. And, you know, there's not a lot of people I've spoken to about social media, you know, specifically on any of the episodes. And I know that that you bring a real uh, level of expertise, but you also bring a a very natural understanding way of getting people to to embrace it and understand how it works. And obviously, we're going to talk about that as we go. But um, Vivian, there's going to be a lot of people in my audience who don't know who Vivian Johns is. So can we start off by um, getting what I get a lot of my guests to do, which is pretty much to introduce themselves. So give us your two minute backstory. Who is Vivian Johns? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I am a hairdresser and um, now turned into a social media coach. Somehow this has happened. And obviously we'll talk about this as we go along. But I'm a hairdresser. I started hairdressing in the 90s. I worked for Tony and Guy and I moved to a little town in the southwest of England. Like we are talking rural countryside, coastal, not city slicker. And I became a salon owner simply because Going from a city, working for Tony and Guy, you know, it's all very fancy in the 90s as well. Um, Going to this rural location, there just weren't the salons that I wanted to work in. So I became a salon owner very young. I was only 25 and I ran my salon right up until 2020. So I'd been a salon owner for whatever, whatever that is, 18 years at that point. And I'd been a salon owner through all of the ups and downs and had lots of staff, not very many staff. Uh, I'd seen all the changes happen as years went on as well. And then there was that one change that I chose to ignore, which was social media, right? I believed that because I had a salon, the most popular salon in our local town, um, that was word of mouth. People didn't use social media. I didn't get clients through social media that I didn't need it. I was so wrong. And this was um, 2018, right? So I just want to let everybody who's listening know now, yes, I'm a social media coach now, but I'm not one of those early adopters 
of social media at all. I was a salon owner just like you. I had 10 stylists. I was, you know, behind the chair just like everybody else. And can I tell you a story about how the moment I, Definitely. yeah, the moment I realized I needed social media was I had been away on maternity leave. So I'd been away from the salon for eight months. And I came back to the salon and I looked around the salon my first day back and I thought, there's no new faces. And that just struck me as bizarre because I thought, surely I've been away for eight months. We must have loads of new clients. So I start, I went straight over to the computer and I looked at the computer and I thought, why have we got no new clients? Why are we getting so few new clients through the door? So I thought, well, it must be because we're getting complaints. No, it must be because we're, you know, not the rebooking rate's gone down. People aren't rebooking. No, rebooking rate was exactly the same. We were losing clients as normal clients, normal shed of clients, you know, moving away, passing away, all of those things. But we weren't replacing them with new clients. And I had 10 stylists and we were getting on average 11 new clients every month. That's not enough. And like I said, I blamed everything other than the obvious. And the obvious thing was I wasn't getting in front of the people who were obviously going to other salons. So I wasn't showing people what we were doing. I wasn't using social media. And this was 2018. So very late to the game. And as soon as I realized that, I thought, I'm going to learn how to make this work. I'm not going to let my new clients get get into, you know, go to the other salons. I need to get in front of them because some they're get they're getting taken away from me when they should have been mine. And that's when I threw myself into absolutely everything social media and and realized I have a talent for it that I didn't even know I had. Okay. Well, that is fantastic and that's that's what makes you very very relatable. There's a there's a quote, I don't know who said it, and I don't even know if I'm going to say it the right way, but it's something like, the best time to plant an oak tree was 25 years ago. The second best time <laughs> is today, meaning yeah. a little bit like you with social media, the best time to start may have been not 25 years ago because it didn't exist, but, you know, may have been 10 years ago. But the yeah. second best time is today. That It's never too late to either start or to lift your game and to really focus on it. And I think that's a really important message. As you were talking, I was also thinking about, you know, your accent and where you're from and how you said you're from a, a small rural uh, part of the world. And I just yeah. realized that people will know the name of the nearest town to you. And the nearest town is Penzance. And so everyone yeah. would have heard of the Pirates of Penzance, okay? So Vivian is near where the Pirates of Penzance is, uh, <laughs> is based. And I promise you, it is a very long way from London. And it is a small, you know, rural town. And I think that that's another great example of how here we are in 2023 that, you know, the world has changed dramatically through technology and social media has been one of those things. And you can live in these idyllic little seaside villages. In fact, before we were recording, I could hear seagulls in the background. So I should just warn my listeners, if you hear seagulls, it's being picked up on Vivian's microphone. So um, anyway, so you didn't even start till 2018. Um, why Instagram? I mean, as being a novice, like what made you go, oh, Instagram's the thing I've got to be on as opposed to Facebook or maybe some other platform? Yeah, well, I didn't start on Instagram. I started on Facebook, oh, okay. um, uh, but I didn't make a success of Facebook. I didn't, I didn't find it the same way that I did Instagram. So I started with Facebook. I thought, you know, I'm going to have to learn how to do this. People had told me, people mm. had said, you know, you should really ha get a Facebook page. And I was like, oh, a Facebook. We don't need that. We we don't need that. We're a small salon in a small town. It's word of mouth. You know, there's like 15,000 people in the town that I live in. So, yes, you, when you are the best salon in town, you do get word of mouth. A lot of it. Of course you do. So I was like, nah. I um, started using Facebook to start with. And then I, I don't know what the shift over to Instagram was. In fact, I do know what it was. I've just remembered I've had a, I'd had a flash memory there. 
I remember, so we, I had started taking photos and putting them onto Facebook. I wasn't really learning about Facebook. I wasn't really that interested, if I'm honest. I was just doing the, going through the motions. And um, my client showed me a picture that she wanted her hair. She gave me an inspiration picture of a, of a lovely blonde. And she handed me her phone. And I looked at it and it was a picture that was from my competitor's salon. And I felt instantly offended. I was like, I went down to the dispensary, which is in the basement, a dispensary where you mix up colour. I don't know if everyone calls it that. It was in the basement. And I was going to all the other team members. Can you believe she's just shown me a picture from the salon down the road? How rude. How I can't believe. And then I thought, hang on a minute. Well, we haven't got any pictures on Instagram for her to show us pictures from our salon. So, of course, she's going to be showing me salon pictures from somebody else's salon if I'm not providing them for her. Mm. And it just made me go, hang on a minute. Every single person in my salon right now is sitting there with their phone in their hand. You know, and you look around and you go, every client's got their phone in their hand. I am allowing other people, other stylists, other salons to be in my salon while I'm provided a service and making cups of tea and, and you know, working, working really hard to make sure my client stays, but I'm allowing other salons to be in the hands of my clients in my salon and I'm not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And it just made me go, hang on a minute. So that's when I started using Instagram. And, and I actually, I just, Instagram for me clicked because it made me realize that, I actually, it's not about just showing pictures. It's not just about like show and tell, holding up a picture and going, oh, look at this lovely picture, everybody. You actually on Instagram can really, really make sure with some kind of clever uh, engagement methods and hashtags and keywords and captions and everything that you do, you can make sure that those posts that you put on get in front of the right people. And that's when I really understood Instagram. I just went, oh, I can make this really, really work for me. And I can get in front of their clients in their salon. So that's when I started to get excited because I was like, now I can reach out and actually really target new clients. And I can find them because I know them. They're the type of people who come to my salon. Mm -hmm. I know how they behave. I know how they behave online. I know the types of other businesses they follow on Instagram. And I can find more people who behave like them online as well. And I can do it all through Instagram. And it's fascinating when you actually figure it all out. And it really made me feel so excited because it became more than just showing a picture or a video and it made it's more than just creating content that's just the that's just the surface layer but it's everything you do underneath that that actually changes you know that that converts followers into clients because at the end of the day followers is just a number and really what we want to do with Instagram and to make it worthwhile and to make it not a waste of your time and not feel overwhelming is to make sure that we get them out of Instagram through some sort of you know whether it's content whether it's it's through your website but to turn them into a client at the end of it that's the ultimate goal and and I know people if you follow me on Instagram you'll see me teaching you how to use Instagram but there is so much more to it than just how to make a video and just how to take a picture yeah good um as you were talking about that I started thinking about well this question which is how important is matching your target market to the social media weapon of choice. So so that it's completely clear to the listener, if we were to look at Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, you would probably say that TikTok's demographic is between 15, and I'm making this up as we talk here, just to illustrate the point. I'm going to say it's aimed at people between that or the or aimed at its its most dominant users are people between this age of say 15 and 25 or mm. okay and then i'm going to say that and this is not based on any fact this is just sort of common sense to me that i'm making these sort of you know broad uh, distinctions and the instagram maybe is more for 25 to 40 
and that Facebook is maybe more for, you know, 40 upwards, just as some yeah. very broad brushstrokes. So what I'm asking you about is for your salon with the target market that you had and or wanted to attract, how how conscious were you thinking about Instagram in that context? Or do you totally disagree with what I've just said? No, I do. I do agree. I do agree. But what I do find is people will use that as an excuse not to go on to the other apps. So um, Instagram definitely for me and still for me right now, you know, this is where my target audience, this is where other hairdressers are sitting is within Instagram for me still. But that doesn't mean I don't use Facebook and that doesn't mean that I don't use TikTok. I do use both of those. But for a salon, so Instagram possibly right now is going to be, you know, your main source of new clients. Um, people say to me all the time, so I love to take people's excuses away because I had all these excuses too. Like I said them all. I So I, I haven't heard an excuse that I haven't used myself. Um, one of them was my clients aren't on Instagram. And and what I will always say to that is, okay, so no, the clients you already have aren't on Instagram, but your new clients, the potential new clients are. And how are you going to reach them if you mm. refuse to go there? And yeah. it's as simple as that. And, and now the same excuse, now the Facebook user is over on Instagram and they're saying the same thing about TikTok. And it's like, no, okay. Your current client base that you've got right now isn't on in, isn't on TikTok, but your new clients are. Mm. And if we don't think like that about social media, if we keep thinking about, but this is where I get all my clients right now, today, and have done for the last two years, we're going to get stuck. And my biggest fear, and I'm sure it's the same for lots of people who listen to this, my biggest fear when I was a salon owner was when I moved to the, this small town, I would say to the new clients coming in, where did you go before? And they'd say, oh, I went to such and such a salon. Oh, it used to be the best salon in town. And my biggest fear was becoming the salon that used to be the best salon in town, yeah. you know. And that's when I thought, if I don't move with it, then I'm on a very, very fast path to used to be the best salon in town. And I don't yeah. want to be that salon. So, yes. Facebook users, you probably are getting, if you're spending your time and focusing all your energy into Facebook, yeah, that would make sense that you're getting all of your clients from there because that's what they, where they are. But mm. your new clients are in Instagram and Instagram users, your new clients are probably in TikTok. And so when you were, uh, you know, embracing Instagram, I know you no longer have the salon, but yeah. was the demographic of clients that the salon attracted changing? Was it getting younger? Yes. It was. It, it was. was Right. Okay. Yeah, it absolutely was. We were, we had gone from, you know, mostly an older clientele, mm -hmm. um, myself and Nadine who owned the salon together. We were trained in the nineties. We were trained as cutters. We're actually a dying breed us cutters. There's <laughs> not that many of us left is there. Mm. And, um, we attracted a, an older clientele because of the style of work that we did. Now, we had younger team members who really desperately wanted to do balayages and wanted to do the more kind of like maybe vivid colors or anything like that. Because we didn't have those clientele. We didn't have that client base because we weren't attracting to them to, to the salon. But once we started using Instagram, it's like you have to put out what you want to get back. So yeah. we did start to. The more you do, the more you get with Instagram. Yeah. So the more balayages you put out, the more balayages we got booking in. Yeah. And and I just saw it as this kind of like untapped pot of new clients. And when mm. I'd kind of like gone, oh, we've got a really good follower base now in our local town. I'm going to spread this out a little bit further. I'm going to go a bit further with this. And I would con continue always um, widen the net a little bit to kind of try and get ourselves known. I always saw it very much as a, a, a campaign. You know, my Instagram was a campaign for brand awareness so people could start to see who we are and get to see us. And, and if and what people do with Instagram and they make the mistake is they just post 
they just think that we're, we're posting and then we're just gonna you know go and um, people call that post and ghost so we're just going to post and then that's enough to attract people to us but it doesn't mm. work that way anymore unfortunately it did mm. used to back in 2018 you could just post 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 and people would find you whereas now we need to do that a little bit more we need to get out of our own profile we need to get out of our own news feed and actually go and find our new clients because they are out there um you mentioned the kind of different age groups inside each app and that that it that is still kind of the way it is but my mom's age group so my mom's in her 70s my mom's age group are all pretty much on instagram now they started on instagram because they wanted to follow us their kids so they could see pictures of the grandkids Mm. like my mom is probably my biggest fan on instagram i have to say Anne, please stop commenting you're not my target audience Mm. (laughs) don't comment things like oh you're a great girl i'm like mom (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm a serious businesswoman (laughs) so you know my mom is there and all of our moms are there to Mm. to see what we're doing because they want to follow us to see the kids and see what we're doing in our business and and they love what we do but that was what happened with facebook as well is yeah you know the mums and the grandmas were getting on facebook because they wanted to see what their kids and their grandchildren were doing you don't want your mum or your grandmother to see what you're doing. So they all drifted from Facebook into Instagram. Uh, It's interesting to hear you say that now, that, you know, mothers and grandmothers are wanting to see that. So they're now on Instagram. So those kids are going to be drifting more and more than they already are into uh, TikTok and whatever um, whatever other platforms there are out there. I heard of one recently, a new one. I think it's called Lemon 8. Have you heard that? You heard yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. And that, they were it's saying that really that might nice, be the um, next big thing. Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's a slow burner. And I would definitely recommend that anybody is would go and get their username. Yeah. Definitely go and get your username. Um, it's hard to predict because I'm going to be really honest. I am, even when TikTok came out, I was exactly the same. I went straight into my old habits of oh, no, not another app. I don't need Mm. to learn this, do I? Oh, I won't be teaching that because I teach Instagram. Yeah. Well, how wrong she was. Yeah. Do do you repurpose content? I know know Instagram's your thing, but if you had had a salon today, um, well, your existing salon, which you no longer Mm. own, would you be saying to them, would you be advising them, look, you make it for Instagram, but hey, there's no harm in repurposing the same stuff to Facebook or TikTok? Or would you be saying, no, don't do that. Just be really focused on Insta. What would be your, your take I, on I that? I would. I would. I'd say repurpose it. I would repurpose it. Um, I would make, let's say it's a video. Let's say it's a video, a before and after video of, you know, big color correction. Mm. I would, but I would make it outside of the app And then I would bring it into Instagram and I would add the text on screen in Instagram. So it feels very native to Instagram. I think about my Instagram audience and what they want to know in Instagram. And I would really think about the kind of the text and the words that I'm using, as well as the audio. You know, I think about these. Let's just kind of try and understand the differences between the platforms. And this is Mm -hmm. probably where, for me, when I started to understand it, I, I got it a bit more. So Instagram, the first people who will see your content when you post it will be your followers. So Instagram's algorithm tests your content to decide whether it's good or not on a selection of your followers, people who are already quite highly engaged in what you do. They've already hit follow. They love what you do. And it depends on how they interact with it. Instagram will deem whether it's good or not enough to show to a wider audience of people who don't follow you. Yeah. Now, TikTok's the opposite. TikTok shows your content to a group of people who've never seen you before and decides whether your content's good based on how they interact with it. So the way that you kind of attract the attention on both apps is very, very different. On Mm. on Instagram, we're nurturing followers that we already have. We don't need to introduce ourselves. We know who they are. We know that they're possibly there to be educated. They love that when you tell them all about products to use at home, you give them a step-by-step on how to apply a hair mask. They love all that. Whereas over on TikTok, they haven't got a clue who you are. You almost need to be a little bit more 
con- I don't like the word controversial, but I guess con- controversy does spark more engagement. But yeah. instead of being like, here's how to <clears throat> use a hair mask, we would probably go in at, at in a way like, here's all the reasons I'd never use a hair mask. So yeah. the other way to get people to watch and be like, huh? That's yeah. different. So it's just different ways of doing it. Same video, but different text on the screen. Yeah, different, interesting. Different, yeah. yeah, so I you mean, can repurpose. Yeah, I mean, we're bombarded with so much messaging now that as people are scrolling through, you've got to have a, you've got to have a point of difference. So I get why you're saying yeah. what you've just said about TikTok with that, to be more... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can see why you grappled with the right word. You know, is it being aggressive? Is it being assertive? Is it being more confrontational? It's like, you know, what is it that's going to stop them scrolling and and pause for seconds before they yeah. scroll back on? Um, yeah. One of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about was, I mean, social media is always changing. It's constantly evolving. Um, and that's a good thing. And just last night I was scrolling through um, Instagram. And I stopped on a feed that was about, well, basically it was all about, are you bored with Instagram? And a whole lot of people jumped in all expressing how bored they were with Instagram. And that sort of, it didn't shock me. It didn't surprise me. Um, but what are your thoughts about that is, I mean, obviously TikTok is a new kid on the block to whatever degree for however long, um, and, you know, Instagram is constantly trying to reinvent. But do you think people, you know, I think there's a lot that goes into this, including COVID and the world that we live in now. And just that, you know, we've had so much upheaval. Are people mm-hmm. getting bored, do you think, with Instagram, with social media? Yeah. Is, is it reached a, you know, is AI having an impact on it? What, what are your thoughts yeah. about all that? So I definitely think, I mean, I think it's natural that people get bored. I Mm. definitely think it's natural that people get bored. Um, Looking at the hair industry, it's pretty boring, right? I'm going to say it. This is probably the most controversial I get, but Mm. it's pretty boring right now to see everybody do the same thing over and over and over again. And what I am noticing is happening is, what we're all doing in the hair and beauty industry is we are going on to Instagram and we're scrolling through the news feed. And in the news feed, we're there, we're looking through the news feed, desperately trying to find inspiration for content that we could post onto our page. And we're in the news feed and we're going, right, oh, I'll go in here and I'll find an idea of what I could do. And we become a bit overwhelmed by it. We start to compare ourselves against everybody in there. We think, oh no, my content's not as good as that. And then we kind of might post something, right? We'll see something that's doing really well. Normally it will be from a hair influencer creator who's not reaching clients. They're not, that's not their main focus. They're not there to try and get clients. They're trying, they're, they work in the hair industry. So they're trying to attract hairdressers to their Mm. page. And then I see what ends up happening is hairdressers start to copy people who aren't reaching out to clients because they see their content do well. And they think that's what I'm supposed to do, but it's wrong. It's the wrong audience. Then they feel like they, their clients don't relate to it, react to it like it they don't get the views because it's not for their clients when they copied that that was for other hairdressers and then everybody has started to just keep copying each other and it's become a bit of an echo chamber in inside the news feed where we're all just going that type of content does well I'll do that and that's pretty boring It's pretty boring. And I really do think that, yes, people are probably bored of seeing the same thing over and over again. And my advice on that, because I can't just throw something out there and say, look, everybody's doing this wrong without saying this is what we should do instead or could do instead is let's get out of your news feed. Okay, so the next time you're looking for inspiration on Instagram and you're thinking, I really would like to try and do something different. Let's get out of the news feed. Go into the explore page, type into the search bar, whatever it is that you want to kind of post about. Let's say it could be balayage, could be curly hair, could be mullets cuts, it could be razor cuts, whatever it is. Go in there, have a look 
at what's doing well in the explore page. Get out of your newsfeed because the newsfeed is where you are the follower in there. So you're the follower of everybody else in there. Yeah. There's no inspiration for you in there. You need to find new people to look at. Now, I spend a lot of time actually going out of the hair industry altogether and looking at fashion and music and um, influencers and creators and seeing what they're doing and trying to look at new content types to kind of maybe inspire the hair industry to say, try this instead, do something different. Because if we're all just copying from that echo chamber of the news feed, we're never going to change and it is getting very boring. And if we're bored, can you imagine how bored our clients are? Mm, interesting. So how are people consuming content today within this and in, within the industry and external to the industry? What, what parts of the Instagram app are getting the most attention at the moment? Reels still. So video yeah. content on Instagram is still getting the most attention. It will really depend on your own individual audience, really, because everybody's audience is going to behave slightly differently. They'll all be similar. Um, so what I like people to understand with Instagram is because so you want to know where to post to get in front of the right people or, or what type of content to post in each place. So let's just say your stories is where you're going to connect with. And I'm talking Instagram, okay? So stories on Instagram is where you're going to connect with and nurture your existing client base. Do you know, I would love if we could change the word followers to clients, because if we could, we would start to think about it so differently because mm -hmm. followers is just means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But if those people who are your followers are your clients, then we can understand how to nurture them. What do they need to know for, about us today? So in um, the UK, we're going through a really hot spell. Um, you know your clients want to know how to put their hair up in a really easy bun that looks okay, even though, you know, looks okay in this hot mm -hmm. weather. They want to know how to stop their color, their toner coming out you know, while they're swimming, while they're paddleboarding. Like there's so many things that you could do and talk to them about that's really reactive to what's going on right now. Stories is a great place for that because the people who see that are your followers. They're already your followers. They're your client base. Reels is where you're going to reach a whole new audience of people. Okay. So when you make video content, you'll get seen by a bigger audience of people who don't already follow you. So, Let's just say you are going to be going on holiday for two weeks. So you want everybody to know you're on holiday for two weeks and that you won't be replying to any messages. That does not need to be a reel or a video mm -hmm. because that's completely the wrong audience for that. So yep. videos get seen by people who don't know you, don't already really follow you. It's a, a non-follower audience there. So things that are, you know, relate to your client base about you going on holiday or I don't know, I've just been on this course or stuff that you would talk about with your clients. It's not really necessary there. Instead of use reels a bit like, you know, like an ad or, or a show reel or something that kind of attracts a whole new client base to you. So show off your salon. Uh, show off what you do and um, things like I find really successful things like if your salon's really difficult to find you know a walk up to your salon they're brilliant things like that are brilliant so you kind of need to think about who you're trying to get in front of to decide where you're going to put this piece of content because what what ends up happening is people start to post things that aren't relevant to reels and then nobody interacts yeah. um, because why would they? And then the algorithm goes, well, clearly this isn't very good content. Let's not show that to many people the next time. And you're always been measured. Every piece of content's been measured to figure out how good your content is. Yeah. You know, and that, yeah. that's how you can't affect your own reach. So, you know, that's all down to signals, but you can affect your engagement and understanding that you'll get engagement from your clients in stories is a really great way of, of understanding how you can get more engagement by talking to your clients in the right places, stories, 
posts clients will see more posts and carousels and um, and then video content is more kind okay. of the bigger wider audience I, I love what you said before about followers you know should be called clients clients and <laughs> I think a lot of people they sort of get sucked into this world of you know views and likes and engagements and impressions yeah. and and comments etc what would you say the number one thing is so if you're just going to focus on one metric what would it be? What should it be? I would focus on engagement. Engagement. Engagement always, because engagement tells you everything you need to know about how good that piece of content was and whether your clients like it or not. So if they see it and comment on it and like it and share it and save it and tell you even, you know, DM you say, oh, that was brilliant. I loved that then you know that not only has this piece of content signal to Instagram algorithm, oh, this is a good piece of content, show it to more people, but your clients actually like it. You know, the people who are you are serving every day, the people who uh, you want to attract more of, what's happening on Instagram always? And this is this was, for me, the bit that I thought, wow, there's so much power in this, is... Instagram wants to show your content to more people. It doesn't not want to. It wants to. It really wants you to create good content that it can show to more people because it's in the business of selling space, attention to advertisers. Yeah. But Instagram itself doesn't create content. It relies on us to do yeah. that. So it needs to know that you're creating content that people want to see because it has to have a good app. Otherwise, everybody will go over to other apps. So it has to it wants to show your content to more people. And what it's doing all the time is it, it's creating a lookalike audience of the followers you already have. So let's say all your clients, followers are based around your salon. So they're all quite local to you. They fit the age demographic of your ideal customer, your dream client. I would probably say perfect guest. Um, they fit the age demographic of that person. They live local to your salon. Instagram goes, wow, look at this. These, this type of person in this location, this age range, this gender loves this type of content. If they like it, well, this sec these people who mimic their behavior online will also like it. And that's when you actually start to end up in the explore page, in the explore feed of people who mimic the behavior and are actually very similar to your clients who live locally to your salon. And that's really fascinating to me. Yeah. And that's where the real business benefit of it is for salons yes. I mean I'll I'll still talk to people that are hung up on you know the number the amount of followers they've got and yeah I have a very different business to a salon owner in that I have a, mm, a, a global business you have a, a, a global business and you know you're talking to people in different parts of the country or different parts of the world but yeah a salon predominantly has a very localized business and you don't need tens of thousands of followers. You really need a few hundred tops exactly. that are seriously engaged with your business. That's far better than having that big metric of saying, I've got 100,000 followers or 50,000 followers. And some yes. of them, are, you know, they're never going to become clients of your salons. It just becomes a vanity metric, doesn't it? Exactly that. Exactly that. And that's where the engagement rate comes into it. So yeah. you can have a small following but a high, really high engagement rate, which really signals to the algorithm, not necessarily to show you to loads more people to get loads more followers, but mm. show you to more people who mimic the behavior of those people who really love this content. Yeah. And that's when you get seen by more people. And, you, and that's when you get more followers who live in your area and actually DM you and say, I'd really love to be your client. How do I book in with you? That's yeah. the more important part of it. Yeah, an exactly. engagement rate will do that. Yeah, so having yeah. a better engagement rate. Yeah, how um, you know, like I don't know how long ago, two years ago, whatever, uh, there was a lot of focus on the grid, yeah, and making sure your grid was like a work of art and everything had to yeah. be you know done a certain way, uh, and that seems to have changed dramatically over the last couple of years. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I loved that. Mm. <laughs> I taught that. That was so up my street. I 
and being and for p- people listening I'm sure you're so similar to me that that's what I was I was really into that my salon was beautiful I liked everything to look a certain way oh yes the pretty grid was everything to me mm. and I really struggled to let go of that and have a more messy organic grid and now people see the pretty grid and it's actually I've I've asked this on my own polls and stories on Instagram you know what do you think and people think it looks really old-fashioned really okay yeah but I still think there should be an aesthetic vibe that represents you Mm. and you can do that in so many ways so I I've been working with a salon recently um and the salon owner was saying to me, oh, I've been using all the trending audio and I'm doing all of the like fast edits and I'm doing the befores and afters and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I just don't get any likes. I don't get and nobody's. It doesn't get any reach, doesn't get any views. And I was like, OK, let's let's think about this for a minute. Tell me about your salon. So she said, oh, we're, we work one to one. We work with these beautiful organic products. It's like, I like it to be like a spa. I want it to be really tranquil. I want people to feel like it's, you know, they've taken the world off and they can sit down and relax and they don't have to think when they're in my salon. And I was like, right, well, that doesn't add up to trending audio, fast edits, doing a dance on TikTok. That doesn't make sense for yeah. you. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's slow this down, right? So in a world where we're scroll, 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 Mm. and people are seeing the same thing happen over and again. This is it, isn't it? That's exactly what she was doing. She was copying what she was seeing. And rather than thinking about how do I get my own aesthetic into this? So I said, wouldn't it be lovely if when somebody's scrolling through all of that, bam, 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 in your face in the newsfeed, that they come across yours and it's slow, Mm. And it's tranquil. And you you pick a certain type of music that's slow and soft. And all the movements are slow and soft. And we, re- we really focus on hands moving. And it becomes like visual ASMR where somebody can go to look and relax and listen to the music. And I was like, and then even you could even take it a step further and you could use this certain type of music all the time, this really ambient, lovely music. You could have a Spotify playlist that they could actually go to through your links in bio. And if they wanted to listen to it, then you're kind of bringing more than just social media to yeah. somebody. Yeah, you know, no, you're creating really a vibe. Yeah, that's really And good. since she's done that, she said she gets more new clients booking in. Mm. She gets, she has got more followers. She gets people coming into the salon saying, I love it. I just love when I see your video because mm. it chills me out. So she sets the tone about who she is and mm. what people are going to get before they ever even step foot in the salon. And it yeah. makes sense. Well, that goes right back to, you know, if you're starting off, in social media it's like in instagram it's like well who am i like what is yeah. what is my what is my voice to the world like what is my yeah. personality what is my online persona going to be exactly and then when you start with a blank sheet of paper you you can you give that some thought and and hopefully you know that's helpful um but when you do like what so many people did i.e they copy other people because they think that's the right thing to do As you've just said, it can be a complete mismatch to actually who your target market is. So how would you guide someone through that process of finding their voice, their authentic voice on Instagram? Well, I mean, it's through lots of different ways, really. First thing I would do is understand who your perfect guest is Mm. right who is what would you call that Anthony in your coaching um I customer yeah yeah yeah, I was gonna say avatar I was gonna say client avatar or or just yeah your perfect client or your target market or your ideal demographic you know who is your perfect client yeah I mean it's all all the same thing just different words around it yeah yeah so that's how I'd start that's where I would start 
firstly. Um, I didn't do that to start with when I started using Instagram. That kind of came a little bit after when I started to then want to understand how I get the feeling of my salon onto this page because it's so much more than just holding up pictures for people to just look at and go oh yeah nice picture of hair yeah what I wanted was I wanted to get that feeling of my salon onto the page but Mm. I needed to make sure that it spoke directly to the people I wanted to come into my salon so to my perfect guest and it really benefited me in way more ways than just Instagram, if I'm completely honest, understanding who this person is, because it made me realize that all the products are for that person, all the drinks menus for that person, the way we would even do a head massage is for that person. You know, my perfect guest here in, in Cornwall was kind of a woman very similar to me, really. Mm. And they wanted plastic free products because it's a big thing in the area I live in plastic plastic free is a huge thing so my perfect guest would 100% choose a business that was plastic free now if I was showing that on Instagram how was I going to get in front of those people so I would create a lot of content that was around how we um the packaging that was used with our products uh, if we did uh, we used to do things like we'd do a free bottle refills that kind of thing yeah. now that's not hairdressing yeah but it's a very important part of our business and yeah. it really yeah. would make people choose us over and above somebody who didn't do those things so it wasn't hairdressing but it was all about building up the sights and sounds of our salon on on instagram so i'd understand who they who it is and who we are as a brand i um do on my course this is a whole module of one of the hairdressers social club courses is about your brand identity and understanding who you are because they're so different you know they're so different and that's fine not all salons are the same like everybody's got their own unique dna yeah um the way i like to describe it for somebody who works behind the chair because we're talking about salons but let's say we're talking about just one person and who you are behind the chair your unique brand persona or um i call it your behind the chair persona right Mm -hmm. there's certain things that you will talk about and won't talk about with your clients. Yeah. Right. You know, some people are more than happy to be quite risque and and swear and, you know, listen to rock music or whatever or, or whatever, whatever it is. I don't care. I, whatever you do, that's you do fine. You. Yeah. But that, yeah, you do you. Exactly. In my salon, I wouldn't have done that. But, mm. and that doesn't make me better or worse or anything. That's just me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, my behind the chair personality was very much about showing products and teaching and helping people understand why this and why that and really caring. I was always, always looking after people. So that would make sense. That is my tone of voice on social media. Yep. Now, if I started talking to the camera or sharing things that were perhaps really political or swearing or I don't know, I can't even think what I would have been sharing, but that wouldn't be right for me or my Mm. client base because that's not who I am. Mm. So somebody, you have to put out what you want to attract back in. And, And I think it's good to be authentic and be yourself online because if somebody then you know if I came across all Miss Perfect on Instagram and then when a new client actually is in my chair I'm swearing and popping outside to have a cigarette or whatever Mm. you know they're like hang on a minute this Mm. isn't what I was expecting you know so you're everybody can have their own unique voice and I think everybody should and and this is probably where we've gone a bit wrong and I think also that it's easier to be who you Isn't are, it? rather than trying to be yeah. someone that you're not. It's like, I think it's important to to be the best version of you possible. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's easier and it's authentic. Okay, well, <laughs> there, there was something I did want to ask you about, which uh, is quite an important thing for a lot of salon owners who um, maybe of a certain age and who, who are challenged with embracing show, social media as a marketing tool, and that is setting guidelines around it for staff. I mean, the salon owner wants their staff to get busy, 
that they want them to be posting on social, but they want to have a lot of control over it. So what are your thoughts about some of the guidelines around that? I mean, they're constantly moving. I know a lot of salons will have a, you know, they'll have a, like, for example, I might start working for you, the salon owner, and you'll say, okay, Anthony, here is your Instagram handle. It's Anthony at Vivian Salon. And when you leave Vivian Salon, then, you know, that, account is closed down so to speak so everything you post has to go on that um other yeah. people you know they have a salon phone and they have a salon account and everyone's got to yeah. post to the salon thing and there's no way you're allowed to post to your own account and there's all sorts of you know conflict in there so how do yeah. you advise salon owners and staff to to think about that in a positive way that can work for the client and work for the business and work for the individual stylus yeah I mean you're right that a lot of this has changed and it's going to change more even still you know so the way people did do it and, and this is what I used to do in my salon this worked really really well for me in my salon Um, each of my stylists had exactly that had their own salon page Um, Vivian at you know, the hair salon and Anthony at the hair salon. And everybody did that and was encouraged to have their own page. And that worked really, really well for us. Everybody had their own little niche that they posted about. It really, really worked really well. But you have to remember that I'm super passionate about social media and training was a huge part of that. So I didn't just expect the team to post without having some extensive training and really helping them find their own brand voice and find their own way of taking photographs so as an example I had each of the team had different kind of niches so one was a blonde specialist one was a copper specialist one was a balayage specialist and that worked really really well for us so what the blonde specialist would be posting about and talking about was completely different to what me I was a curl expert mm -hmm. would be talking about you know because our audiences were completely different but that came to, down to training right not everybody has got access to somebody who is super passionate about social media like me um i definitely think that that still works really well but i think anything to do with social media that you're expecting your team to do i think as long as you've got it in contract and in your salon handbook and you've got it written down with some, you know, terms and best practices and here's what we will do, here's how we take pictures and here's how we do this. I think that's great, right? But equally, like I said, it has definitely started to change to the point where some salon owners have really taken their hands off hands off the reins on you know really saying I want you to post like this I want you to take pictures here and they have allowed their team to not have the salon name on the page you know you know not be Viv at the hair salon Anthony at the hair salon they've allowed them to build their own brand and I see that being super successful as well yes it comes with risks and fears for the salon owner that this the, the stylist is going to become so successful on Instagram and so big and so popular that they're going to up and leave and go self-employed or go freelance or go and work for somebody else well that happened before social media <laughs> that happened and will continue to happen whether social media exists or not you can with your employed teams you can have contracts and restricted covenants in place especially around social media you can have that but there's no point in trying to have that after the horse is bolted mm. we need to you need to get that in in the beginning um, and make people and let people understand that you know when you do leave the salon you know however you want to put that into your contract and it'll be different for everybody as well um, and then I have other people that I work with who they allow with the so there's a function on Instagram called collaborate so basically what happens is you your team member will post to their page and they'll collaborate with the salon page so it'll end up their post will end up on your page and their page at the same time yeah. and between you you share the metrics so it's a great way of acting 
actually never having to post on your salon page again. So one of the the social media, ed- I've got a team of social media educators who go all around UK and Ireland, going into salons and teaching. And Sarah Mann, one of one of the educators, does this right with her team. Sarah doesn't post on her salon page ever. She doesn't have to do anything to it anymore. The team collaborate and somebody will post or or many of them will post every day. So there's constantly content going onto her page and she doesn't have to do anything with it. She's got a real hands-off approach. Obviously, she's one of the hairdressers social club educators. So she's taught her team how to take pictures and what to write and what keywords and, and really, you know, coach them on how to do it. But I love that. And she doesn't make them have to have her salon name on the page. She really allows them free reign to be expressive and do as they please. Because I suppose a lot of salons are a bit of a melting pot of the people within it. Yeah, and becoming more so as we, you know, diversify more into a world of freelancers, whether you like that or don't like that. But, you know, I was just having a conversation with someone just recently and she was saying, look, I've, I'm employing a, a second year or whatever the term was that they had. And uh, this person is posting all these images onto her own account uh, mm-hmm. of salon clients and stuff that she's doing within the salon. And she's made it very clear that as soon as she's finished her training, that she's going to go and open her own salon. And this yeah, salon man is, easy, doesn't it? yeah, it, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the other side of it, of course. Yeah, and, and so, and so, this salon owner is really upset about the fact that, yeah. hang on, I'm letting them build their business within my business, and then when it suits them, and they feel they've got enough momentum, then they think they're going to take that book of clients, in other words, that yeah. social media following the clients, and go up the road and open their own salon. And, yeah, you know, I can sort of understand her feeling uh, a frustration of that that she's taken this person from scratch and building her up from nothing and she's upset about the fact that she isn't getting that person to post to the salons page instead they're just posting to their own page and building up their own private entity my sort of argument for it I mean and you can argue it either way you know but I I sort of say to them look if all you're doing is getting people to post to the salons page then you're sort of preaching to the converted. If you're letting that person post to their own page, which isn't like connected to the salon and other people are looking at it, you're exposing your salon to a clientele that you don't currently have. And you may not have them forever, but if they know that that person is working in your salon, you're potentially attracting those people into your salon by being exposed to a larger Uh, following that she's got on her own independent Instagram account. And I I mean, I I always sort of talk to people about that and say, look, you have to stop coming from a place of fear because people are going to leave. And in this day and age of social media, it's very, very difficult to stop clients following them. And you can have all sorts of restraints and contracts, et cetera, in place. Um, but it can take up an awful amount of time, um, you know, trying to defend your business, so to speak. And as I say to them, I always think you're better off to put your time, energy and financial resources into making your business so good that they won't want to leave. And we all know that eventually, not everyone, but most people will leave. And that's just part of their journey. And that most, not all, of those clients are probably going to want to follow them. Now, luckily, some of them are going to leave and they're going to go into state or to another country or to another county. So the clients aren't going to follow them. Some of them are going to leave because they want to have a baby or, you know, their partner has been transferred and so they have to move with them or whatever. You know, so, so there's it sort of swings and roundabouts with this one as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was interested yeah. to get your to get your take on that. Yeah, the the only way you could have real control over that, and it's interesting because I did speak to somebody only last night about HR and social media and contracts. And the only way you can have real control over that page. So let's say even you want to say that your page will be closed down when you leave. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, if 
you manage it and post to it and have the login details that's your page right so the salon even if it's written into the contract cannot force you to close that page down because it was your page so the only way you could really Mm. have that control would be if you managed all of the pages and who wants to do that? Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, come yeah. on. I left a salon to open my first salon when I was 25. And I found ways, there was no social media, but mm. I found ways to write down the numbers, to slip my number to clients. Yeah. This will happen. Yeah. And some will leave and some won't leave. And, and mm. that's just the way it is. Um, just because they've built up 500 followers on an Instagram page, it really doesn't mean that they're going to take all of your clients away from you because yeah. that 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 won't happen. I exactly. I was a salon owner for 18 years. I had oh I couldn't even tell you how many hundreds of people leave. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so you're a good boss, were you? <laughs> 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 Sorry, you I, walked, I thought I was. <laughs> you walked right into that. I really did. Mm. Okay. Well, listen, this has been fantastic. I could keep talking for ages. Um and I haven't even, you know, got to half of my notes. But just wrapping up that last little point, it's about that collaboration function on Instagram. Yeah. That sounds like a really uh, important thing that people should investigate if they haven't already investigated that because yeah. that sounds like a bit of a win for both. It is, and it's so simple. You simply, when you upload a post or a video or anything, mm. when you are in the upload panel where you write your caption, it will say um, add tags. When you go into add tags, you can add tags or it'll say invite collaborator. Yeah. And it's a brilliant way. Now you could do it the other way around as well. So you could say to your team member, everything that I post on the salon page, I'm going to collaborate with you, you know, everything of your that I post on the salon page I could I'm going to collaborate with you so it is a win-win and it depends on how hands-off or how hands-on you want to be and I think look salon owners we as long as you get the training in to get your team knowing how to take the pictures and how to make the videos as long as you've given them the training people will often find their own way of doing things to and be really surprising i was at a, a a i did a class for tiktok actually and it was so interesting a load of salon owners were there and there's one uh, salon that they had i it's not about the followers but just saying uh, they had 80,000 followers on tiktok mm-hmm. and the salon owner said I let my team post whatever they want on TikTok. I don't care. I don't even look at it most of the time. Don't care Mm. what it is. They can do all the trends. They can do none of the trends. They can say, do, wear, do absolutely anything they want on TikTok. She said, I'm a bit different about Instagram, right? But on TikTok, she said, who am I to say, you can't do that. That's no good. She said, you don't know when you're going to go viral. You don't know the videos that are going to take off on TikTok. And she mm. said, it's the ones that I was the, that did the most or got the most views or went viral were the ones that I would have gone, that's a bit rubbish, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. She said, I know nothing. So mm. I'm just going to let them do it. And successfully so far, which mm. is really, it's incredible. And I really like that real hands-off approach. Yeah. Just like, well, yeah, okay. I think to have a few small boundaries. I mean, I would still be in that controlling salon owner uh, with the hundreds of staff leaving. <laughs> yeah. I would still have a little bit of wrapped up in, you know, we don't do this in our salon. We don't discuss this type of topic in our salon. So yeah. you can do absolutely everything, but avoid uh, religion and politics. Yeah, got it. <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay, we need to start wrapping up. This has been a fantastic conversation. Yeah. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And as I said, I've got so many other things I could have spoken about, but we just have run out of time. Uh, so I'll you mentioned, uh, it'd be great to have you back. You, you did mention Hairdressers Social Club. So where can people find out more about you? Where can they connect with you on Instagram or any other social channels or website address, etc.? Yeah. So, I mean, the best place to find me is going to be Instagram. That's where I live and hang out. So you can find me at the Hairdressers Social Club on Instagram. It's basically the Hairdressers Social Club 
everywhere. So www.thehairdressersocialclub.com. Come over to my website. There's so much there. There's lots of free masterclasses and bits and pieces to download. Anything that I find useful for a salon owner is there. So come over to there and just spend a little bit of time on my website and you'll find something for you in there. The Hairdressers Social Club, it is a, I run courses online and in person. I have a membership where people can come and get, you know, their questions answered and inspiration and content ideas. But really what I am is I wanted to, when I started using Instagram, I looked for somebody like me and I couldn't find them mm. and they weren't there. And everybody was young and hip with really bright colored hair and like these really cool people. And I was like, oh, I don't feel like I belong with these people. And that's that's cool. But I needed somebody that I could go to. And I kind of coined the term or I kind of call myself and I've made myself sound like a right old woman but I call myself anti-viv because what I want is I want to I want you to have somebody that you can come to and ask the real stupid questions the ones that you go I really should know this like I'm actually you know how do I do a post if you don't know I will tell you how to do a post no judgment it's cool we've all got to start off somewhere and that's what I am to the industry now and I think you have really found a niche that where there's a need and I think you fulfill it brilliantly so I will make sure I put those uh, links on our website growmysalonbusiness.com in the show notes for today's podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast so if you're listening to this episode with Vivian Johns and have enjoyed it do me a favor take a screenshot on your phone share it to Instagram stories and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. So to wrap up, Vivian Johns, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of the Grow Myself and Business Podcast. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Good. Great. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.